0: do the things that make you come in out is very really yeah. I encourage. You.
1: Good morning, everyone on site and on joining us online. Very good morning to all of you. So at the very start, you know, like before we, we kick kick up our kick kicks off for our Sunday service, I'd like to invite everyone of us on, on site and online to greet one another you know, this morning. For those on site, let's look at each other in the eyes. people in front and behind and left, right, you know, and wave at them, you know, send your peace and love to them. For those online, you know, you know the game, right? You know, just type peace be upon you, hello, good morning, you know, make your presence known, and uh, you know, like so that all of us don't feel so alone you know, in this time uh, of worship together, worshiping together. So we are in a sermon up our series, the Beatitudes. Right? Out of the eight beatitudes, all right. Can anyone share with me like how many have we covered so far? Anybody could recall? Those online, you might want to put in your answers which are the ones that we have covered so far and type it out. For those who are on site, how many have you covered? Anyone? Three. I see answers three, right? The first one would be, blessed are the, the poor in spirit. The second one would be, blessed are those who mourn. The third one, which was uh, what Gary covered last week, blessed are the meek. And today we have reached a halfway point, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for for righteousness. So this is something like, I was like jokingly t- sharing with the, the production team and the uh, pa- pastors this morning, right? This is something I relate very well to, as you can see from my size, right? But jokes aside, right? There are, when I was reflecting on the verse uh, for this uh, week's uh, Beatitude, right? The hunger and thirst, the first thing that came on my mind was, of course, the, the physical one. But the second one right, came to the mind about what I studied know, a long time ago. If you if you study like maybe business and marketing or even many other uh, uh, fields of studies, right, you come across Maslow hierarchy of needs, right? We all have that basic needs, and we have once we have these needs met, right, we move on to striving for something more deeper, the psychological, and then the self fulfillment, and all these are valid needs. Right? Often we say that, oh, we want to think about I, I I wish to think that I am a spiritual person. But as if I'm honest and reflect on myself, I say, hey, actually, well, there's a lot of things I, I I hunger and thirst for in life, like, oh you no, know, I, I get a better job, I get better this and that, things that are tangible. And and it these are things that are valid, right? Because we need to eat and you know, drink and have basic needs in our life. But Today, we are inviting you, you know, to all of us to look and examine ourselves. Are there certain areas or aspects in our lives beyond our basic needs that we are hungry and thirsting for? And we may not know that we are, hung- we are having this thirst and hunger, you know, that these are needs that are not being met. You know, in a term I would call like a previous psychological or interior malnutrition, right? So... As we enter into this sacred space today, to, to hope and, and to know that have faith that God will meet us in this sacred space, this interior space, you know, to disclose to us our hunger and our thirst, to open up our eyes. All right? I, join, I invite all of us you know, to, to join me in responding to the call to worship to prepare this interior space. All right, may I invite all on site uh, If you are willing and able to stand for us to respond to the call to worship. Today is the day the Lord has made. Let us us rejoice and be glad in it. Let
2: Let us be glad glad this
1: day day for for life, life, for breath breath, and for freedom freedom to worship. worship. Blessed are you who come in the name of the Lord.
2: We come come to bring bring
0: our gifts of praise and and gratitude gratitude to the God God of all creation.
1: God is good, and in God's work, we find our strength.
2: We sing of all, all God's wonderful, wonderful works. Let us give thanks and praise to, praise to the Lord. Lord.
1: For those who are on site, right, I invite you to remain standing as, for the first song. We'll be worshipping through our actions. As uh, our worship leader, we'll, on the video, will be showing you.
3: Let's praise God with everything we are and we have. Let's praise God with our hands Our feet and limbs I'm going to share with you a few moves To the song, Every Move I Make So without further ado The song goes, Every Move I Make So you march on the spot Every move I make, I make in you Point to Jesus in heaven You make me move Jesus So you do a twist You make me move Jesus And then every breath I take You march on the spot again I breathe in you Point to Jesus And the next one goes Every step I take I take in you March on the spot You are my way Jesus Do the twist Every breath I take I breathe in you Point to Jesus Okay, so the chorus goes Waves of mercy So you do a wave To the left And you clap at the end So it goes waves of mercy And then waves of grace, the other side Everywhere I look Just put this sign, looking for someone I see your face And then you rest your beautiful face on your hands And then your love Your love has captured me And oh my god This love, how can it be? So you just shake a bit and then the most important part is na-na-na-na-na-na. You wave your hands in the air. Wave them like a disco fair. So you go left and right, left and right. And we're going to start with na-na-na. Don't, don't tell me uh, that I never warned you, okay? So okay, anytime you're ready, Gemma. Na-na-na, na 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 Every move I make every move I make, I'm making you You make me move Jesus Every breath I take, I breathe in you Every step I take, I take in you You are my way Jesus Every breath I take, I breathe in you Waves of mercy Waves of mercy, waves of grace. Everywhere I look, I see Your face. Your love has captured me. Oh my God, this love—how can Na-na. Na-na-na-na-na-na-na. Na-na-na-na-na-na-na. Na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na. Na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na. Na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na. Na-na-na-na-na-na-na. Every move I move Na 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 every move i make i'm making you you make me move jesus every breath i take i breathe in you every step i take i am taking you you are my way jesus every breath i take i breathe in you waves of mercy waves of mercy waves of grace everywhere i look i see your love has captured me. Oh my God, this love, how can I Na 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 God a praise offering.
4: heaven comes to where they are in you, in you. Blessed are the ones who mourn for comfort comes to find them all in you, in you those who seek will be.
5: We come to this point um, in our service um, every Sunday where we pray together. And um, in Father James Martin's book, um, Learning to Pray, um, one, the thing that he said about that, this is the best definition of prayer. Prayer is a personal relationship with God. So I want to invite you to think that don't let this few minutes be the only time you pray in the week. May you pray throughout the day, different moments. And you don't need a special space or special condition to be in relationship with God to pray. You can pray practically anywhere. It's about and orientation it's about your heart, and on Sundays when we come together, when we come together to pray as a community, we come to pray because as a community because we are all interconnected as well, and as people, we are often think experience things in a very physical way, we think of relationships as uh you know, um, relationship with one another, as uh, having someone to be relating to, someone with a connection to. So we often think of drawing lines to connect each other, right? You can imagine, I have a relationship with you, so I can draw a line to you, and it's a whole mess of lines in this room, and probably a whole mess of lines are online as well. And we draw that line to God as well. But I'm starting to think about it in a very different way. And I was reflecting on the last sermon I preached when I left to um, the US for seminary in 2008. And I said, God is in the connections. God is the connection. God is the love that connects us all. And nowadays, I don't see God... You know, th- Too often we see God as someone out there or something out there. And we have relationship with God just like we relationship with one another. But can we think of it in a different way? Um... I want you to think about it like, you know, the, the planets rotating around the sun. Uh, often we think of God as the sun that everything revolves around, right? Um, but I want to invite you to, to think about it differently. Because I don't think God is the sun. God is the gravity that holds the planets in orbit. Gra- because gravity is the relation between all masses, all objects. Even between us and the earth and us and the sun, there's gravity pulling us. And God is that, transcends that physicality. So God is in the relationships and the connections we have with one another. So when we pray, there are times that people or situations will come to your mind as you unpack. And I, I often think that that is God's invitation for me to reach out to that person or to address that situation, and they might be difficult situations. So, in this time of prayer, if someone does come up, or some situation does come up to you, may you dwell in that, in that situation or that, re- and reflect, perhaps what God is inviting you into. Let us pray. God, you transcend all things. You are in all things. And you are love. That connection between us and many other people in the world, us and many situations as well. You often prompt us to speak, to act, To reflect, what is the right thing to do? What should I say? What should I do? And sometimes we are frozen, not sure. But it could be as simply as reaching out to someone. This prompting, this moving, helps us to establish and maintain these connections with one another. During this time, we are isolated. We are socially distant. There are many friends and people in our lives that we lose touch with because of all the restrictions that's going on. And sometimes we don't have the ability to see each other face to face. But there are ways to reach out. And God, you are inviting us to hold on in different ways, to maintain and connect with one another. We lift up all these broken relationships to you, all these connections that are thin and need to be strengthened. We lift up situations where we need to have reconciliation and forgiveness and healing. God, there are also situations where we need to act, speak up for those who are voiceless, those who are marginalized. They might not come in our awareness or in our uh, limited um, awareness about things that are going on. Help us open our minds. And when you come across some situation, let us not shy away from speaking out. the situation with migrant workers in Singapore, the restrictions that are put upon them, where they live, the walls that are three metres high, barbed wires all around, which looks more like a prison rather than somewhere to live. God, help help us learn what is being human and what is justice. And what is love to strangers around us? Jesus taught us to love one another as He has loved us. Is that love? In the many situations in our lives, we take the easy path and pretend it's not there. But God, help us be aware remind us, prick our conscience. So we are reminded always to ask ourselves, is this how Jesus we have loved? Is this how I'm loving, just as Jesus loved? And just as we are forgiven of our our wrongdoing, may we learn to forgive others as well. so that in our living, in our actions, we are praying. We are praying with our hands, our feet, our mouth. We are praying with our very being because to love is to pray. We want to lift up our friends in our community who are struggling with health issues. We want to lift up one of our friends who is under quarantine right now, who lost his dog earlier this week, and is grieving. We pray for many people in our community who are still grieving from loss in recent times. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. May we too learn to encourage each other, support one another, and comfort one another. God, as we look ahead, plan for the future, strengthen us, send us wisdom, guide us as a community, learning over and over again, how to love, and how to live, how to live out justice always. All this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
4: songs that we are singing rising to the heavens rising to your
2: So good morning, and welcome, welcome home. So you know that in our sermon series, um, we've been talking about the Beatitudes, and we call it the B-attitudes. and I want to actually invite you to join us uh, in participating in this sermon uh, by joining us on menti.com, so if you have another browser, or you can open it up on whatever browser you're on right now. You go into menti.com, you can use the code that you see uh, on the screen, 6002. Six nine nine, And this will be an opportunity for us to be um, involved uh, and to, for you to respond uh, to the various questions that we have in this sermon. As we've mentioned many times before, I think this has been an amazing way for us to uh, get everyone involved, whether you're online, whether you're on-site, um, and for us to build this sermon together. And so, your responses will be really important, okay? So, I'm looking forward to you know, reading your responses later. So, blessed, the Beatitudes. In the Beatitudes, Jesus proclaims, Who are blessed? And this is in the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, right? In Matthew chapter 5. And so far in the past few weeks, uh, as Jimmy has very uh, rightly um, brought up, uh, we have looked at the poor in spirit those who mourn and the meek. And today, we're going to be looking more closely at Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. There are actually two main parts that I want to explore with you today. What Jesus means when he says righteousness. That, what does that actually mean? And the nature of our hunger and thirst for righteousness and how that turns into the satisfaction that Jesus promises. But before we dive into all that, I want to first ask you, what do you truly hunger and thirst for? What do you truly hunger and thirst for in your life? When you take a moment to reflect on your life, what do you truly hunger and thirst for? What do you long for? What do you desire you see, the great thing about Menti is that your responses are anonymous. Okay? I don't know who actually put those and nobody knows. All right? There's no name attached to it. And I hope this allows you a safer and more vulnerable place um, to be honest. And so please don't feel like you have to answer, I hunger and thirst for righteousness. Okay? You don't have to do that. To answer what comes to your mind. All right? I see a lot of you putting your answers there and that's wonderful. Okay. Let's check in with ourselves and ask ourselves, My soul, what do you truly hunger and thirst for? We see love, absolutely. I think all of us hunger and thirst for love, for connection, for belonging, for justice. Wow. Peace, meaning, to be loved, affirmation, relationships, acceptance, recognition, contentment. Peace and joy, self-actualization. Ah, that's very Maslow's theory. That's Jimmy's uh, responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Influence, stability, true friends, freedom from suffering. Absolutely. So many. Approval, peace of mind and heart, mm-hmm. security, community, wisdom, freedom, success. So acceptance is quite a big one, right? I think all of us want to be accepted just for who we are. You see connection, You see love, justice, belonging, <laughs> money is there too, yes, right? We need money, well-being for loved ones, a calm and stable world, especially in our time and age, yes, right? Compassion for a boyfriend or girlfriend or a friend, right? We are all looking for something. We all hunger for something And as I was preparing for this sermon I asked myself that same question I asked myself What do you really, truly hunger and thirst for? And I took a breath and these words come to mind And they're very similar words to what some of you said Belonging, affirmation, to be fully myself To be connected with God and community A longing for meaning and purpose there are so many things that the human soul hungers for, right? And all these are good and important things. So why does Jesus single out righteousness? Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Why is it so important for us to hunger and thirst for righteousness? And what does he actually mean by righteousness? So before we actually answer that question, you know I'm going to ask you this, right? What do you think Jesus means by righteousness? I mean, obviously it's important, but what do you think it means? You know, in the New Testament, the word righteousness is used at various points, in different ways. And so if you recall, what is righteousness when it's addressed in the New Testament? Doing the right thing, yeah, probably. Uh, those who follow the law, maybe. Doing what's right, right? That would seem the most natural answer, right? Jesus is the righteousness. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting one. Right standing with God and with others, right? To know that we are sinners. Mm-hmm. Conscience, right standing with God. Fighting for the meek and vulnerable. To follow the law, right standing with God. be in right alignment, with God. That's fantastic, all right? Um, to be in right standing with God, to be in alignment with God. That's a very interesting um, definition, right? That we often hear about, actually preached about righteousness. A gift, His righteousness, His perfection, a place of sinfulness, free of guilt and condemnation, justice, equality of all. Himself, meaning Jesus, in the Psalms, God is our righteousness. Absolutely. Being blameless, upright, restoring things to the way God meant it. Mm -hmm. Justice, to stand up for others and give voice to the voiceless, being right with God, to be in right standing, and many of you have that. Autopraxis, doing what is morally right, free from guilt and sin, social justice, what God defines as the right things to do and doing what God wants us to do. Fantastic! Y'all have kind of nailed a lot of things there, right? In a definition of righteousness. And so we know that in the New Testament, righteousness has a few meanings, right? As many of you said, being in right standing is about us being made right with God. Right? Us being made right with God, being in that relationship with God, being in alignment with God. And then we have making all things right the way God intended. And some of you talked about that. By right, doing the right things, the way God intended. And that's what we often call justice. Right? And then, if you look at it, the Greek word for righteousness, it means righteousness and justice. But especially being in right relationship with God. It's about us being made right with God. And out of that relationship, we are involved in making all things right in our world the way God intended Right? So out of that relationship, we are involved in making all things right in our world. And this is not something we can achieve on our own. We often think of righteousness as an, another word for virtue, right? Or doing good, doing right. We think it means being moral or behaving correctly. But for the ancient Jews, during Jesus' time, righteousness was something much more dynamic. Righteousness wasn't something you achieved but it's something you entered into. Cynthia Bourgeois invites us to visualize it as a force field, if you can. Can you imagine? A field. An energy-charged sphere of holy presence. To be in the righteousness of God, as Old Testament writers are fond of saying, means to be directly connected to this sphere of influence, to this sphere of presence. To be anchored within God's own aliveness. And there's nothing subtle about the experience. Huh? It's dynamic, it's electric, it's fierce. And to hunger and thirst for righteousness is to seek this holy presence and to find yourself in the middle of it. Can you imagine being in the middle of God's holy presence? And when you're anchored in God's own aliveness, you become alive to yourself too. It's like a homecoming, a reunion, a sense that we have finally come home. It's like a deeper sense of belonging, finally knowing our place in the world. It's knowing who we are and to whom we belong. And that's when we truly come alive. That's why Jesus promises that when the hunger arises within you, to find your deepest aliveness within God's aliveness, it will be satisfied. In fact, the hunger itself is a sign that our bond with God is already in place. If you have a hunger for God and God's holy presence, if you have a hunger to be made right with God, to be anchored in God's aliveness as you come alive, it means your bond with God already exists as we enter the path of transformation, the most valuable thing we have working in our favour is our yearning, our longing, our hunger. Some spiritual teachers will even say that the yearning you feel for God is actually coming from the opposite direction. It is, in fact, God's yearning for you. And that's where it starts, right? God yearns for us first. And when we begin to feel that yearning for God, we know that our bond with God has come alive. And yearning or hunger is the evidence of that connectedness. So in this beatitude, Jesus is not talking about doing good deeds so you'll be rewarded later. He's talking about first being in connection with your fundamental yearning for God. And that becomes the base for everything. Perhaps this morning your soul is hungry, and your heart is thirsty. You feel a longing for something, and your heart is restless, as we sang earlier. You realise that the things of this world, money, job titles, status, success, good looks, whatever, they won't fill that ache in your soul. There's something more, something deeper. Augustine said, You have made us for yourself, O God, and our hearts are restless until they find rest in you. It is only when we find rest in God, when we experience that yearning to be connected and alive in God, that we can be involved in the second part of righteousness, which is to make all things right in this world as God intended. And how do we know that? by paying attention to the structure of this passage. So I want to share with you this, the Beatitude sandwich. If you look at the structure of the Beatitudes in Matthew 5, remember there are eight Beatitudes. Okay, We are on the fourth one today. The first Beatitude in verse 3, and the last Beatitude in verse 10, they give the same words of assurance. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. It begins with that, it ends with that. It looks like a kind of sandwich, right? The top piece of bread, the bottom piece of bread, and both say theirs is the kingdom of heaven. There are also two groups of four, if you break them up, four and four. The first four and the second four end with a reference to righteousness. So today we talk about righteousness, right? The first group of four ends with this verse. Verse six, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And the second group of four ends with verse 10. Blessed are those who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness. So first, you hunger and you thirst for righteousness. And then as you go along, as you are filled and engaged in acts of righteousness, you may be persecuted because of it. When we experience that yearning to be connected and alive in God, it naturally follows that we then become involved in acts of righteousness or justice. Remember the first beatitude? It says, blessed are other, poor in spirit. The first three beatitudes leading up to the hunger for righteousness in verse 6 are descriptions of emptiness, of lack, of poverty. And they're beautiful in and of themselves because after all, it is only in our poverty that we recognize our need for God, right? And it's only in our hunger that we realize our longing for God, But you see a significant transition from the first four beatitudes to the next four. There's a movement from emptiness and poverty to fullness and abundance. In other words, after pronouncing a blessing upon those who recognise their emptiness, those who mourn, those who are weak, Jesus now makes a transition from emptiness to fullness by saying that their hunger and thirst for righteousness will be filled. When you look at the next three beatitudes, we see that after hunger and satisfaction, in verse 6 comes, blessed are the mercy full. Those who are full of mercy. Now the blessed person is full and overflowing with mercy. And verse 8 talks about those who are pure in heart. And then verse 9 says, they're not just peaceful or full of peace, they are a peacemaker they not only have peace within their own hearts, they help create peace for others. Then all of this is rounded up in verse 10 when Jesus says, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. So you see a movement, right? From a hunger for righteousness, we see a movement to being filled and then it possibly leads to persecution for righteousness that is overflowing because we're acting in righteousness. So what Jesus means by righteousness is us being made right with God, where we're connected with and alive in God, and then making all things right the way God intended, justice through being merciful, pure in heart, and a peacemaker. The word mercy means love and kindness. So being merciful means showing someone love and kindness. And that is righteousness. I love how the message version of the Bible explains pure in heart. It says, you're blessed when you get your inside world, your mind and heart put right. Then you can see God in the outside world. And I think that connects with our very first definition of righteousness, which is to be connected with and alive in God, to be aligned with God, as one of you said. And a peacemaker is one who brings peace and reconciliation into a tense situation or a broken relationship. And all of these, all of these are acts of righteousness. So what keeps us from righteousness? Why is it so hard to hunger and thirst for God's holy presence in our daily lives? To yearn to come alive in God? before we can even start doing acts of justice or righteousness, why is it so hard for us to hunger and thirst for God's presence? So let me ask you this question. And if you will, please share. What keeps you from hungering and thirsting for God's presence in your life? We all know it's important. We talk about it all the time. Miak even talked about it during the prayer, right? That... Prayer is a relationship with God. That pursuit of that relationship with God, right? But yet, we face so many barriers. And it's hard. It's hard. What keeps us from hungry and thirsting for God's presence in our lives? Some of you say our own wants. yeah, Desire for the world, right? There's so many things around us. Feeling full. Mm-hmm, full of many, many things. I'm unworthy mm-hmm. prioritizing other commitments, distractions and seemingly more pressing matters, mm-hmm. the judgment of others, my own insecurities, selfishness, self-centeredness, anxiety, wanting to be self-reliant, mm-hmm. the sin, re- selfishness, anxiety, etc. Shame. I am not worthy. Not feeling like God cares. Right. Being busy laziness, I can't feel God's presence, not sure if God will always answer my prayer thanks for being honest it's true right, sometimes we just feel like we can't feel God's presence, so how to hunger and thirst for that, material belongings cannot satisfy us life's distractions, too busy with work, distraction I fear it would change who I am and that would push others away from me Hmm. That is true too, right? That maybe being in God's holy presence, maybe coming alive in God, will change something fundamental in us. And what would that look like? Distractions, busyness, I don't know how to forgive some ex-church members, so I don't know if I'm qualified. Sense of sufficiency, life's distractions, short attention span, self-reliance, material comforts and distractions, the devil isn't resting, Mm -hmm. pride, I feed myself with the more worldly food which serves as a distraction. To be free from our ego, business, repressive laws, business, pride. Who am I? Business. And I just want to respond to this one, who am I and that I am not worthy. Because it appeared a couple of times that many of us sometimes feel like we're not even worthy to be in God's presence. Why even allow us to desire that? Why even hunger and thirst for that for something that we are not even qualified to do? But remember that your worthiness does not come from what you do or who you are. Your worthiness comes because God says you're worthy, because God has shown you that you are beloved and that God's love covers over you. And when you talk about righteousness, right, in different parts of the New Testament, it talks about how God's righteousness covers over us. It is a presence that covers over us, something that we put on, not even something that we strive for or achieve. And I know that that's something a lot of us understand here. Hard to feel here, hard for it to sink in sometimes when the feelings of shame and unworthiness comes in. But I just want you to know that God yearns for you that God longs for you. That even before we talk about hungering and thirsting for God in our lives, that God longs for us. That's how worthy we are. At least that's how worthy God sees us, even though we don't feel it. God yearns for you. And Jesus expands on this beatitude in Matthew 6. A verse that is very familiar to many of you is directly connected to this beatitude is Matthew 6, verse 33. But seek first God's kingdom and God's righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Familiar? They even have a song, right, that I used to sing when I was a kid. This famous verse is placed at the end of a passage. So this is in verse 33, so if you read the first part of it, this passage is about not being anxious about the necessities of life. So if you read Matthew 6, from verse 20 to 33, you see that Jesus explaining about money, about priorities, about the necessities of life. You see, Jesus understands that we get anxious, that we get worried, that we get distracted. Like many of you said just now, what keeps you from hungering, right? That we get distracted and that we get overwhelmed by the demands of life. And just as he assured the people then, he assures us now with these words. He says, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. It's not life more than food, and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your span of life? And then he continues in Matthew 6, verse 30 to 33. He says, If God gives such attention to the appearance of wildflowers, most of which are never even seen, Don't you think God will attend to you, take pride in you, do the best for you? What I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax, to not be so preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God's giving. To not be so preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God's giving. People who don't know God and the way God works fuss over these things but you know both God and how God works. Steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. Don't worry about missing out or FOMO. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. So Jesus explains, just look at the birds and the lilies of the field, the wildflowers. Birds have food to eat because God provides for them. And the lilies are dressed more beautifully than even King Solomon because God clothes them. And we are God's children. And though some of us may not feel worthy, we are more valuable to God than birds or lilies or anything else. So Jesus acknowledges our worries and our struggles. What we need for us is a change in our perspective and our priorities. Jesus is telling us, don't be obsessed about money and the demands of life and our perceived lack of it. We often ask whether we have enough money to solve our problems, right? Even in church, we sometimes ask, oh, do we have enough money? Are we able to change some of the equipment that is dying and our flickering lights? Do we have enough money to solve our problems? But we never ask God if we have enough of God to deal with our problems, Do we ever ever ask that? God, do we have enough of you to deal with our problems? Let's learn to trust the one who loves us and cares for us. God yearns to connect with us. And if we will only recognise the hunger within our souls, we will begin to realise we are coming alive in God. And only then will we truly be able to engage in acts of righteousness that is powered by God's Spirit, showing mercy, getting our hearts and minds aligned with God, and being a peacemaker. It's really important for us to listen to our hunger, our own longings, our yearnings, because these desires show us what is possible, what is out there. C.S. Lewis, writes that creatures are not born with desires unless satisfaction for those desires exists. For example, a baby feels hunger. Well, there's such a thing as food. A duckling wants to swim. And there's such a thing as water. Men and women feel sexual desires. Well, there's such a thing as sex. He says, if I find in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. If none of my earthly pleasures satisfy it, that does not prove that the universe is a fraud. Probably, earthly pleasures were never meant to satisfy it, but only to arouse it, to suggest the real thing. And if that is so, I must take care on the one hand never to despise or be unthankful for these earthly blessings, And on the other, never to mistake them for the something else of which they are only a kind of copy or echo or mirage. And this reminds me of the song Blessings by Laura Story. And some of you may be familiar with this song. And one of my favourite parts of the lyrics says, What if my greatest disappointments or the aching of this life is the revealing of a greater thirst this world can't satisfy? What if trials of this life, the rain, the storms, the hardest nights are your mercies in disguise? So this morning, if you have a greater thirst this world can't satisfy, it means you're probably made for another world and our hearts will be restless until we find our rest in God. Recently, I read an interesting take on the Beatitudes by a Palestinian Christian named Elias Chakor. And this is him. Elias Chakor is a Palestinian Arab-Israeli who served as the Archbishop of the Greek Catholic Church in Nazareth in Galilee. And he's known for his efforts to promote reconciliation between the Arabs and the Jews. I mean, he's a true peacemaker. He wrote that knowing Aramaic, the language of Jesus, has greatly enriched his understanding of Jesus' teaching. You know, during Jesus' time, the Jews spoke Aramaic, and Jesus himself spoke Aramaic. But the New Testament is actually written in Greek. Because the Bible, we know, is a translation of a translation, Chakor says that we sometimes get a wrong impression. For example, We are accustomed to hearing the Beatitudes expressed in a passive way, right? Passively. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for justice or righteousness, for they shall be filled or satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. And Chakos says, blessed is a translation of the word makarioi, used in the Greek New Testament. However, he says, when I look further back to Jesus' Aramaic, I find that the original word was ashray, from the verb yashar. Ashray does not have this same passive quality to it at all. Instead, it means to set yourself on the right way, for the right goal, to turn around, to repent. He says, how could I go to a persecuted young man in a Palestinian refugee camp for instance, and say, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Or blessed are those who are persecuted for the sake of justice, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That man would revile me, saying neither I nor my God understood his plight, and he would be right. He says, when I understand Jesus' words in Aramaic, I translate them like this. Get up. Go ahead. Do something. Move. Move. You who are hungry and thirsty for justice, for you shall be satisfied. Get up. Go ahead. Do something. Move, you peacemakers, for you shall be called children of God. He says, to me, this reflects Jesus' words and teachings much more accurately. I can hear him saying, get your hands dirty to build a human society for human beings. Otherwise... Others will torture and murder the poor, the voiceless and the powerless. Christianity is not passive, but active, energetic, alive, going beyond despair. Get up, go ahead, do something, move, Jesus says to his disciples. As we live into an alternative kingdom, a kingdom characterized by God's presence, peace, love, hope, justice, generosity, and hospitality. We will get up, go ahead, do something, move, and help meet the needs of others through Christ who gives us strength. At the beginning of this sermon, I asked you, what do you truly hunger and thirst for? And I thank you for sharing openly and vulnerably what came to your mind. And as I close this sermon, I want, you, I want to ask you the same question again. I wonder if anything has shifted or changed for you after hearing what Jesus means by righteousness. Perhaps the Spirit of God has been speaking to you about your yearnings, your longings, your desires, your restlessness. What do you truly hunger and thirst for? What do you truly hunger and thirst for? When you think about what Jesus says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And that righteousness is about us being made right with God, it's about us truly being connected with and coming alive in God. And then, living out acts of righteousness and justice, like showing mercy, being a peacemaker. So what do you truly hunger and thirst for? Wisdom, the presence of God, courage, something we all need, right? Jesus, to be right with God, change and making of a better world to be loved and be loving do I have enough of God each day and there's something to ask ourselves right God do I have enough of you not just whether I have enough money do I have enough food do I have enough friends God do I have enough of you a world where all are fed all are embraced all are free all are reconciled Shalom to get up, to move, to go ahead. The ability to trust that God can and will satisfy us. God's love. The courage to forgive. Wisdom. Maturity. To be loving towards others. Authenticity. God's grace. God's love. Showing actions of love. Aligning with God. and Being present. God's perfect love. To praise God. Our daily bread. Responding to God's giving than getting, right? That's such a good line, right? Responding to God's giving than being obsessed with getting. Being present, being a friend of God, wholeness, right? To be able to find peace and rest in God and to feel accepted and encouraged, even though I'm a deeply flawed human. Mm -hmm. To be fully known and fully loved, to follow Jesus. Amen. I mean, those are all very, very beautiful things. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for you will be filled. Amen.
6: Let us prepare for a time of Holy Communion. For those of you who are joining us remotely, um, do take a moment to prepare the Communion elements so that we may all partake together. We gather each Sunday at this table. Even though at this time we are not all physically together, the table of God's feast transcends time and space, because God's love transcends all boundaries. So this table recognises no boundaries. Here at FCC, we celebrate an open table. This means you do not have to meet any criteria. You do not have to be a member of FCC. You do not have to be baptised. You only need to recognise that God's grace is sufficient. We are your people, God, called together in your love. We are your children, Mother, called around the table of your word. We are your disciples, Lord, called to praise and give you thanks. We thank you, good Good and
2: gracious God, God, for for calling us to be your people, people, for for giving
0: us eyes to see, ears to to hear, and hands to touch and bless our world.
6: Even as your people, God, we are separated from ourselves, each other, and you, the Creator of life. Let us confess our brokenness.
0: As people caught in our tradition, we confess that we have helped perpetuate systems that deny the dignity and sacred worth of all sorts and conditions of persons. We have paid lip service to equality. Our lives are based on discrimination of the other. We have been our own worst enemies. We have failed ourselves, others, and we have failed you, God.
2: Moved by your power, we accuse ourselves, because Because we we have have not allowed you to to
0: form us as as a new new people. People. We We confess confess our sin and and we we pledge
6: pledge to work for for reconciliation reconciliation
0: with one another. another.
6: We thank you, gracious God, for forgiveness and the chance to start again. We thank you, gracious God, for the gift of your Spirit given to us in Jesus, in whom we are freed from the past and its oppressions, in whom the gift is complete. Gracious God, you are the mother of creation and the father of all life. We are gathered as your people to thank you for your blessings, to receive your mercy and forgiveness, and to remember how Jesus died for us, accepting death to show his love for us and you.
0: We remember Remember how Jesus Jesus came came to us, us, becoming one one of of us, born like us, us, of flesh and blood and and bone. bone a fully human human person person like like us in all all things but sin. We remember how on the night before Jesus
6: died, he gathered with his friends for one last meal. Sisters and brothers, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. The person who aligns with me hungers no more ever. Anyone eating this bread will not die ever. This is my body, broken for you. Take Eat, remember me. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. When you are joined with me and I with you, the harvest is sure to be abundant. I love you as I have been loved. Abide in my love. This is my blood shed for you. Take. Drink, remember me May the stewards come forward to distribute the elements Please hold on to the elements And we will all partake together Thank you. All Jesus
0: you, Jesus, you are, are always, always present in, in our, midst. our midst. You, you come, come to us simply, lovingly, lovingly humbly, in, in word and sacrament, in this bread and wine, and in the love we, we share with one another.
4: another.
6: Let us eat and drink of this bread and wine, remembering Jesus, his teaching, his life, his suffering, his death, and his rising to new life. you are willing and able, please rise and join me in the prayer of Communion. Gracious and loving God, you have made us one in the body of Christ and nourished us at your table with holy food and drink.
0: Thank, Thank you, you for feeding, feeding our, our hunger and, and relieving, relieving our thirst. With deep gratitude, we offer you our, our lives, lives our, our love, ourselves, ourselves. gathered in, in Jesus by, by your, life-giving your life-giving Spirit. May we become, become a, a new people, wholly pleasing people to you, a people giving glory to your name. Amen. Amen.
6: Please be seated.
1: Good morning once again and uh, welcome home one more, more time. All right, Welcome to Free Community Church, where free stands for First Realize Everyone's Equal. In this church, we offer you a sacred and safe space. We strive to be a place where all are welcome. You know, we are not a perfect community, but in this space, all are welcome to seek the divine, to encounter God and His love or her love. Right? And of course, as Reverend Miak have mentioned, right, God is in the connection. And in this community, right, you know, if you are new to us, we welcome you into the presence of God, through the community, through this connection. And so if you are new with us, all right, we hope that you can connect with us, let us um, help you, uh, you know, like, reach out to you and serve you better and connect with you. You can do that by visiting us at our, you know, like, filling up the welcome uh, form, the newcomers form, by scanning the QR code, or by visiting us at fcc.la fccwelcome. So on every month, or last Sunday of every month, we hold a special meeting for our newcomers or friends who are just new to our community. All right. And we'll send an invite to you uh, whether you can meet us in person, on site, or via digital uh, you know, video conference call. Right? So please email to us if you are new to info at freecomchurch.org. Uh, sorry, info at freecomchurch.org, you know, uh, if you like to join us for our newcomers meeting. So for the next segment, you know. Um, we move on to worshiping God with our off- uh, with our offering, uh, taking up of the collection. But before we do that, you know, it's the first Sunday of the month, all right? And I'd like to give a report to uh, all our friends and our members on where we are we are at in terms of our you know our budget and um, how much fund we have raised for our two two fundings. One will be the general fund; the other will be for the building fund to pay down the mortgage. So we are on track, I can see, uh, year-to-date, right, by the end, at the end of August, we are reaching our projected, uh, where we should be, and of course for the building fund, right, we are slightly ahead, so, you know, usually, the, the, today it's like quite solemn, huh? all of us, heavy-hearted, oh, hunger, thirst, <laughs> alright, but God has once again shown God's faithfulness in and through each of us and in this community, so I'd like to invite those online and on-site, right, to you know, warm my body up, you know, let's give God and the whole community a round of applause, a clap, right? To acknowledge and to be grateful for one another and for God's faithfulness. I think it is important because being faithful, just a simple act of offering, simple act of being in a community and giving in the community to realise the mission of the church, of what FCC strives to do, is very important. And so that very little act of faithfulness goes a very long way. All right, so thank you for all of you who are, you know, some of you give very anonymously, and know you know who you are, and so thank you also for these uh, anonymous donors. All right, so to give, to, uh, to give your offering, alright, there are many ways to do it, but the most direct and immediate way in this time, right, is to scan the QR code, you know, whip up your phone and open up your app, and then you can scan and give to our general fund and our building fund, alright? on the screen, and for those who are on-site, you can, if it's too small, I, I believe you have like a stickers in front of the, che- the chest in front of you, you can scan that. For many of you, like some of you, like say, hey, you know, like it's too tr- troublesome to scan, you want to put out a standing order for, you know, automatic rep- uh, monthly uh, giving, you know, you can do that by visiting us at freecomchurch.com slash give, uh, uh, free-com-church. uh, all right, that's on our website. Or by just setting up, if you're paying, uh, giving, offering by uh, credit card, you can go to freecomchurch.give.asia. That right will be the you can set up monthly giving, automatic monthly giving via credit card. All right, so to give ourselves some time to for the giving, to process the giving, your offering, all right, and also to prepare our hearts um, for the prayer of Thanksgiving. All right, I would like to invite all of us, you know to pray together for the prayer of thanksgiving. The proactive and creative God, the God of righteousness, of mercy and justice and love. God, we thank you for placing in us this deep hunger and thirst, you know, for righteousness, for spiritual things, for Your very presence. God, as we seek You, as we seek after You, as we seek to love You, through our sacrifice, through our giving, through our offering, God, I pray that Your grace and Your protection be upon each and every one of us. May Your mercy and Your love and Your presence be with us. Always, and help us as the body of Christ, Lord, to reflect these qualities into the world. God, we thank you. We thank you for giving us life, giving us love. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Now, I like to invite. Uh, okay, my, my, my. This one uh, being, being kept. So may I invite the stewards to come forward, all right, to take up the offering uh, for those who are giving physically in the a church. So may we just raise up your hand, and our stewards come to you for you to drop your offering. I will take up a collection. All right. Next to a very important part of the community life, where God shows His presence in our community, there will be the announcement part. So don't drop off at the announcement. All right. So, very important to be part of a giving community, all right? We are calling out for volunteers to be part of our production ministry to spread the good news, all right, to those in need. So, if you're interested, you know, like, maybe you're not so gung-ho, like, immediately, oh, I want to serve, I want to be part of the ministry. Maybe you just like to know, hey, I'm very interested to, to know what the, you know, the people in the production ministry are doing, how do you go about creating the service. You're welcome, all right, to find out more, by emailing us at info at freecomchurch.org, all right. And if you are interested, you know, like because we will give you a tour around the house on the, at the back end, you will see behind the scenes. And if something interests you, then you know, like you, you are feel free, you are, you are you are welcome and invited to come and experience, to understudy, to learn more, all right, uh, and how uh, and be part of the uh, of the team, all right. So. uh... If you are interested, don't need any technical skills, alright? Don't be too afraid. And we there's no ageism here. Whether you're of any age, as long, you know, you're you are able to comprehend and can reach the hive or the camera, you're all welcome, alright? So for the next part, very important, right? We're coming to the anniversary of Free Community Church. So I'd like to now invite Reverend Miak to come forward to share with us what we are going to do for our FCC 18th anniversary.
5: Yeah, like what Jimmy said, very solemn today. La. Why? Uh? <laughs> Maybe it's the, the theme of the sermon. Um, this is something more exciting, more energetic. Um, in, a, in a little more than a month's time, we're going to celebrate our 18th anniversary. And for many of you, you have just joined us uh, in, in our, on our journey. Some of you have been joining us uh, maybe just today. And some of you are joining, have joined us for a couple of months or even a few years. And this 18th anniversary is, uh, is something that we want to um, tell our story, right? Um, and, and chart, you know, and, and get you a glimpse of the past in some ways. And one of the things that we do during our anniversary s- service is to induct new members into um, the church, so um, throughout this year, we have been asking several times for you to consider prayerfully to join us as a member, right? Um, during our, uh, our story of God and us, during our Ecclesia series. And so I hope that those of you who have joined us a couple of months ago have thought through about that. Those of you who have gone through seed, those who have gone through Sprout. Um, if you're not a member of CC currently, do prayerfully consider. And uh, let us know um, by the 19th of September, uh, and we will conduct a, a, a class for, a membership class, and you'll be inducted on the, our anniversary service that's on the 10th of October. Also, um, we have someone who is who wants to be baptised during our anniversary service. And so, we are also asking for those of you who are not baptised, um, and you're Considering that, also to reach us at um, Info at Freecom Church, and we will go through a baptism class for you, and then we will baptize you also on the same day. So do think about that, um, and uh, I hope to hear um, and in, and have more people joining us and more people being baptized uh, at that service. The next, the next slide, please. So. Part of this uh, uh, 18th anniversary is that um, this is from our experience of um, the Stained Glass Project, something that's very physical and tactile, especially during this time when we are actually very um, distant from each other, right, and very virtual. Half of you are actually attending online, um, and some of you are actually even not watching um, live, right? You're watching uh, after. But there is something about the material. And so we are... We want to collect physical artefacts and the stories behind them and invite you to contribute, bring them to church, right? Or mail them to church uh, if you are overseas. uh, And as well as a write-up, by the 26th of September, and we'll create a sort of a museum exhibition here uh, for the anniversary service. Um, How did I come up with the idea? Is When I was packing my room, I actually found the receipt of um, the dinner that we had, about eight or nine of our members, that we had with Reverend Yap in 2003. And that's very near the founding of the church as well. I think the dates, I, I didn't remember the dates very clearly. It's definitely 2003. Um, around October or so. So this this is kind of like, um, there's a story behind it. Uh, There's a receipt. Maybe you are not like me, you know, like a hoarder keeping all these things right. Uh, But you might have something, you know, like from our church retreats, the invitation cards. No, I don't have all the invitation cards that we sent out to invite our friends to come for special services. Maybe you have them and maybe you invited, or maybe you received it and you came to FCC with that card. There's a story behind it. We, just don't, we don't just want the item. We want the stories as well. Because the stories is what makes these things alive, right? This is who we are. And because we are not just uh, 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 on, on the physical, right? We also have um, taken some digital photos, okay? Um, one of the things that we want to invite you is to upload them into FCCLA.com. Uh, fcc.last slash fcc archives. Um, this link will will, set, will allow you to upload files, but you cannot see anybody el- else's files. Right? You can indicate to tell us that this is um, for archiving only and not used to show on public because a lot of times, you know, you might have five of the friends there, one of your friends is not, um, not out or not comfortable with being public or, or having the materials being public. That's okay. We want to archive it. Right? But some of you might be, might want to be, you know, send these photos um, and, 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 oh, we are perfectly fine appearing, and also let us know, right? You can indicate in the file name, you know, pri- bracket, private. Then we'll know that you want to keep it private. But we want to archive everything in the central depository. Because, um, you know, drives crash, and we lost a lot of photographs over the years. Because, you know, the hard, drive, hard disk crashed, and then to- we have totally, the photos from a certain year is gone. But we hope now there's cloud, right? Uh, so we want to save it um, in a central depository. So we invite you to upload those. right? And then we will also use it for our 18th anniversary. And... Um, there's a, we want to get an invitation out to folks who want to join in the team to create the artifacts and plan the service because this service will be quite different from our normal services. And then sign up by 8th of September at info at so you become part of the planning team to get this uh, to happen. right? Maybe you'll be excited about some of the artifacts that we collected um, and how to put it together to weave a story. So we want you to be part of this, this celebration so think about it, you know, those of you who are not members, those of you who are not baptized, think about it. And those of you who are collecting the artifacts, uh, um, please send it to us. We want we want more. And sometimes when you see something, wow, I've not seen this for a long while. And there are some things that I go, what is this? You know, I don't remember already. I do have quite a lot of things from the retreats, you know, the, the booklets that uh, we have printed. Um, but we want to have a diversity of objects. It may not just be uh, it might be something totally, you know, like the receipt, right? Not you will not you'll be surprised that it's not related. Not if you look at it just at, on its own, you will not know what it's about. But there's a story behind it. Okay, so we've reached the end of service. May I invite you to stand to receive the benediction? All of you who thirst and hunger for righteousness. Get up. Go ahead. Do something. Move. Get up. Go ahead. Do something. Move. Don't just sit down there and wait. Because God is inviting you to participate in the transformation. The prophet Micah said, Do justice, love, mercy, walk humbly with God. It's not sit down and wait for justice. It's do justice. So go out and transform the world because Christ is in you. God is in you. And it's through us that this transformation will bless the world. This is the Beatitudes and this is the Beatitudes. So go in peace, go in love, go in justice of God always and forever. Amen. Please be seated. Um, Thank you for joining us this Sunday. And you can leave by the door at the side.